Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. All right, welcome to our podcast. My name is Nasser Pasha. Now, Matt Staub, two attorneys here with Pasha Law, practicing in California, Texas, New York, and Illinois. And this is where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to that news. Legally Sound Smart Business. And it's been a little bit of uh, time here, almost a couple months, but today I think we have a pretty nice story about flight simulators and aviation and software and piracy, the kind where you steal software. Plus, we have a guess, right, Matt? Yeah, as I say, there's a lot of things in play here. So I, I think we need to we need to find a guest who could hit all the check marks on this. And I think we found one, at least in, in my opinion. Uh, Mark Hogue, licensed attorney, aviation fanatic, podcast host, uh, business owner. I mean, I, I think we've hit everything we can here, right? This is perfect. Startup founder. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you're right. It's across the board. Welcome to the show, Mark. Well, thanks very much for having me, guys. Great to be here. So now there's only two hosts of the show. So uh, I know you're a perfect candidate to take over our podcast, but you know there are no openings. But I do appreciate you as a guest. <laughs> so, so Mark is, I, I, we were talking to him earlier. We, you know, we asked him, you know, if he's a, a aviation hobbyist, he said fanatic. And I guess I mean, you were saying your wife and p- picks out aviation or uh, I should say planes and their model numbers or what were you saying? No, I, I think it's contagious or something because yeah, we actually recognize flight. So we're up here in uh, just north of San Francisco. All the Europe and Middle Eastern flights out of SFO end up arcing right over our house here uh, as they head on their way northeasterly out of the bay. And yeah, we actually recognize flight routing and numbers and just call them out just because we're super weird that way. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of neat. You see a thing and you know, in eight hours, ten hours, fifteen hours, it's going to be somewhere else. That's, yeah, that's really weird. But anyway, perfect guess. So let me give you some background of the story we're getting. So uh, it, it, is, it is one of those stories where it's kind of hard to follow, but lots of legal issues, which is fun for us to cover, of course. But we have this company called Flight Sim Labs. They basically create add-ons for popular flight simulators. Like I, the one I'm familiar with that I've, it's been around forever is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Great name, uh, very, very uh, descriptive, and it's from my understanding. Uh, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, this is Flight Simulator by Microsoft is pretty much the main software that everyone uses for both hobbyists and even you know people that want to train on uh, actual uh, to, to train to be a pilot, right? Well, kind of. It is still true. It's alive and well in the kind of aftermarket community. Uh, Microsoft, as you might know, actually stopped developing it quite a few years ago. And what took its place was actually a product called X-Plane. It was initially developed by an aeronautical engineer whose name is Austin Meyer. And over the last, I don't know, 10-ish years, maybe more, uh, he kind of developed into a full-blown product, which effectively competed directly with and at least practically has essentially replaced Microsoft Flight Simulator. At least in the retail space, it's the only one you can still buy. So this is what this company does. They developed a add-on for two popular softwares. I think at least one of them was Flight Simulator for, and basically in order to use the software, you have to, you may want to get certain specs of a certain plane or certain equipment. And they developed an add-on for the A320, which is some plane. I'm, I'm I think by Airbus, right? <laughs> Correct. It's a, it, well, but it's, it's worth mentioning. It's a rather unique plane by virtue of being Airbus, because unlike the Boeing aircraft, 
I think it holds a certain hobbyist interest in a way that Doug doesn't, meaning I actually did a similar thing. I installed an AK-20 add-on for X-Plane, uh, simply because it was remodeling the so-called fly-by-wire flight characteristics, which are a totally different way of flying the aircraft. What Boeing offers, really you're flying it through the flight computer rather than through the aircraft itself to a certain degree. Obviously, there's nuances there, but that's why there's a very particular interest in that aircraft. Okay, very cool. And obviously, the demand is there because they're able to sell this software at $100 a piece. And one of the issues that I think um, is happening across all software industries is is fighting piracy. And so, of course, different software publishers, they put in some kind of DRM protections for them, for, for their software. And of course, Flight Sim Labs did the same, except their, the way that they went about it was a little unique, I think. And so there's it, basically this thing blew up on Reddit. And this user called Cranky Recursion, love the username, he basically posts his, his findings that, hey, look, I found this executable. It's called test.exe that's embedded within the installer of the A320. And it's basically a tool called Chrome Password Dump. And that tool pretty much does what it says. It, it looks into your Chrome browser. And if you have saved passwords in the browser, then it extracts those passwords and then sends them, if activated, to you know wherever the creator wants it to go. And so after this post, the post kind of just blows up on Reddit and Flight Sim Labs eventually responds and says, yes, um, this, is, this is a software that's in there to protect against piracy. In fact, this poster is probably someone who stole the software. But that wasn't exactly true because apparently this software or this tool is embedded within every single software. And of course, Reddit users and the community itself pretty much pushed pushed back on this whole idea and it became a whole PR mess and there was legal accusations thrown around back and forth and it just kind of blew up to what it is now. So it's, uh, it's and that's why we're talking about it, of course. So the one thing you don't want to do is just, they basically doubled down on Reddit, which is probably the worst thing you could do because you have a whole community of people that are going to dig into every single thing that you say after that point but you know they, they could have tried to correct the error right away admitted some fault and just moved on instead they really opened things up and that's when it really started blowing up and it got to the point where the moderator for the page on reddit felt the need to actually post some sort of formal response and then it really just kind of snowballed from there and, and again like i said just just made it even worse all around and and it's what's interesting too is that uh they there's some posts in the forums of Flight Sim Labs where users are saying, hey, my antivirus software is flagging your installer. And the response is, oh, just turn off your antivirus software or make an exception or allow it. And then, of course, in retrospect, that's pretty much what it was. And, of course, users are scared that, hey, this legitimate software is maybe stealing passwords. And, of course, you know, it's a privacy breach and so forth. But, of course, so, so initially they're their response is, okay, this is a DRM protection. Reddit um, users and the community uh, pushes back, but and but then they basically concede and say, okay, here's a new installer uh, without that software, and they remove it. But in, to get to that point, <laughs> they, they did a few things. So let, this is kind of where we get to some of the legal issues. So, so first, they start attacking the moderators and basically telling them that, uh, you know, all these posts that are these comments are in this particular post that blew up 
are defamatory, are libelous, and we're basically going to sue you and sue everybody. And I'm sure you have an idea of how people responded. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying before. You, you don't want to open the door to all these individuals that post on Reddit because they're just going to keep going. They're just going to keep prying into things and discovering more facts, especially for a company like this that appears to have done something wrong. Even, you know, we'll get to the get to it later, but they, they do kind of admit some sort of fault, whether it be indirectly or not. But you know, they, they, like I was saying, they double down on everything. They say, well, now you're, what you're saying is defamatory. And not only do they do that, they start doing some other things that essentially violate the terms and conditions for Reddit. They create fake accounts to, you know, manipulate the, the upvoting or downvoting on Reddit. They, you know, take a, they abuse the Reddit reporting system, you know, flagging comments that they shouldn't have been flagged, harassing individuals on there. I mean, basically, the their point, the FS or uh, Sim Labs, had said that you know we open this sort of uh, fair comments and you know some sort of criticism, but that doesn't seem like that's the case at all for them. It's actually quite the opposite. So, so what do you think, Mark? I mean, obviously, piracy. There's a huge negative aspect, but do you think Flight Slim Sim Labs went overboard here? I mean. There's not, as you know, there's not a lot of things to do technically to fight, uh, you know, piracy. Hackers are going to find a way to do it, and they do. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not really seeing it as more of a piracy issue as I am. First of all, seeing it as was this some sort of intentional sabotage or was this some sort of weird, just negligent act, right? I mean, I don't see anything. And admittedly, I haven't read all the content, you know, from Flight Sim Labs, but I haven't seen anything where they're doing anything other than simply just saying. No, we haven't done anything. Uh, in other words, I feel like if so, I guess what I'm trying to say is, so again, having done seven years running two startups, I feel like if one of our products, if we were accused of, hey, something in your website has caused this awful thing to happen, I'm not going to just say, hey, you know, no, we didn't or no, it didn't. I mean, if a lot of people say this has occurred, that's a pretty alarming thing. It seems to me that the most obvious first response is going to be what just happened, how and why and figure out what caused that. I don't see anything here. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you found something which suggests that Flight Sim Labs have actually sort of engaged in active discovery of, oh, this is what may have happened, this is who may have done it. That's, I think, the obvious thing to do. That's what I would do. And I assume they didn't go that route because maybe they did it intentionally. I mean, I, in other words, I don't know if this was some kind of rogue actor. I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. I mean, that's just that, that I find it more disbelievable that this company would do that intentionally rather than that somebody intentionally sabotage them from the inside or, frankly, even from the outside somehow. Well, that's, I mean, that's an interesting take. I never thought it could be that, and that would definitely change things. But then it begs the question, like, why did they, instead of going on the, you know, they didn't even go on the defensive. They went on the attack and started attacking people for, I mean, yeah, so it's, it is strange. It's just, it, so basically what you're saying is, there might be something else going on here, but definitely a bad PR response. I think we can all agree with that. That's actually exactly what I'm saying. I, 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 I agree with you. The way they've handled it is totally counterintuitive to what an otherwise innocent party you'd expect them to say, right? And so I think that's the big issue here. Well, not the issue, but that's, that's what they've done that's wrong, I think. So I, I'm trying to, on the one hand, give them the benefit of the doubt that this, this can't have been an intentional. It's, it blows my mind if that were the case. Um, but that said, the way they've reacted certainly suggest something else is going on. Um, it's, just, it's weird to think because this is like some really tight-knit community, and it's a very niche community at that, this super high-end flight sim world. I, I should say, just as a quick aside for people 
listening who may not be familiar with these flight sims, just to be super clear, uh, a lot of people, I think, they hear flight sim, they just, you know, they hear the words flight sim, but their brain interprets video game. Um, this is not a video game. <laughs> um, some of these, to a certain extent, especially with certain functionality, like, for example, X-Plane, and I think even Microsoft Flight Simulator for a while, they're actually FAA certified for certain, for certain aspects, for certain, uh, you know, with, especially if they're used to power full motion flight simulators, that kind of thing. And even to the extent that they're not properly certified for whatever reason, maybe you don't have the correct full motion simulator experience, say, um, most or many pilots use these just to kind of brush up on their skills, just to be fresh with it, you know. So the notion, I mean, this is such a small community, especially those who pay this kind of money for this kind of thing. It, it's just, I don't know, it just kind of blows the mind that, this would occur here. Yeah, I mean, the, I figured if I mentioned, but this software is, uh, this particular software is $100 a piece uh, This for this A320. I believe it. I mean, the, the, so so again, so with, the, with respect to the uh, the version I was using for X-Plane, I was lucky to get an older free version. I don't recall what the, the, the paid version cost, um, but, but I mean, this is really complex stuff that they're able to model now, and it's frankly, it's incredible that we can do this at home in the first place, uh, because again, it's not simply just a matter of modeling aircraft dynamics, which is certainly complex enough, but now you're modeling the nuances of the actual flight planning computer and everything that goes along with it. So that's, that's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, which, which supports, look, piracy is wrong, it's infringement of copyright, there's no doubt. I, from a legal perspective, I don't know if we need to spend too much time. I think that that's, that's pretty clear. But let's talk about you know, some of their allegations with you know, libel and defamation. I thought the moderator's response, they, they basically publicized their private exchange of messages between the flight sim labs and the moderators because the you know flight sim labs is basically threatening legal action obviously from a non-attorney because he makes these whoever's the author he or she made some you know references to defamation law which ended up being incorrect which the moderators very perfectly corrected which is they referenced the fact that hey look one one of the defenses of defamation is that if if it's true or if it's a matter of opinion and we've talked about that many times and also referenced the section 230 of the communications decency act which of course it gives moderators immunity for these kinds of things yeah that was i think that was pretty telling by the the moderator's response i mean they they were leaning on multiple legal things in their favor like so the communications decency act you know, just rebutting the, I th what did the flight sim labs, I think said the burden of proof rests with the defendant on any sort of defamation claim, which at least in the U S is not the case. Um, I didn't see, you know, if it was a different in, I'm sure it can be different in different jurisdictions, but, um, you know, the, the initial response by flight sim labs just didn't seem like it was put together at all. And, and like you said, Nasser, it's, I don't think it definitely wasn't vetted by an attorney because, Oh, to be frank, it wasn't vetted by an attorney or someone who's in PR, because I think for, for both of those, it struck out on, it went 0 for 2. Yeah. And, and you know, P, PR people, I mean, as lawyers, we work with PR people all the time, and people don't realize, like, th this is, it's not enough, especially when you're working with PR, it's not enough just to be able to spin it in, in your favor. You have to be able to spin it in a way that doesn't open you up to more liability, doesn't make you look stupid like it does here. And, and I think the liability aspect, which again, I know we keep teasing it, but we're gonna to get to in a second about you know, them admitting that they basically did this uh, could open, them up some up, open themselves up to more liability. But before we get there, let's talk about how the, the moderators also alleged that these guys violated the terms and conditions of Reddit. So of course, you know, these flight sim labs complains about 
moderating and so forth. And then the moderators come back and say, well, if we're going to talk about rules, you guys broke these different <laughs> different terms and conditions because they basically accuse them from vote. I think you mentioned this already, Matt, but you they accuse them of vote manipulation and things like that. I, I know Matt's kind of a mm-hmm. Reddit user, casual Reddit user. Mark, are you an active user? or? Uh, I've been resisting it for a long time. I do tend to read it now and then, but I haven't yet committed to signing up. I, I say that uh, rather with a sigh of relief, actually. I think it'd be a rather large time <laughs> suck. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it, for social media, that's the one thing that I, I do have a weakness to is, is, is Reddit, uh, including the Dunder Mifflin office-based subreddit, but that's for a different show. I think I've had enough time over on uh, Quora as it is. I don't think I need another channel. (laughs) By the way, Mark is a a, a master at that at Quora over there. I think you actually have a special designation there as as a writer of some sort, correct, if I recall? So I managed to land their uh, 3X. I got their top writer nomination three times now, so I'm a 3X top writer. That's that's crazy. Congratulations. That's pretty good. I actually don't know how or why. It turns out people like what I write, so go figure. <laughs> well, very good. Um, so, Okay, so let's, Matt, let's talk about the real issue here. So they, they admitted that they have a software that steals passwords from computers, but they say, well, but it only works or only is active because we're trying to gather evidence of piracy for those that steal our software. What do you think about that? Well, and let's go into just a little bit more detail on what they exactly said. First of all, there are no tools used to reveal any sensitive information of any customer who has legitimately purchased our products. Um, and then goes into the piracy part. So like you said, they, uh, emphasis with legitimate. Yeah, yeah. They, they admit that it's there, but they're saying it's only a protection for people that are trying to, for piracy basically. And so, I mean, I, I don't even know what I, I know there's. Can you actually flesh that out? Because that makes no sense at all. Uh, it, it doesn't. But I, I, I think I was telling Matt earlier what I this is what I compare it to. It's as if I have a convenience store and I have a problem with people shoplifting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a piece of gum or a pack of gum and hide a bomb in it or, or firecracker, whatever. Right. Not something less lethal to be you know, to make this a little bit easier to swallow, right? And I don't allow anybody to purchase legitimately, but I'll put it in a place where if it gets stolen and they steal it and it blows up, hey, it's not my fault. I mean, they're the ones that stole it. And hey, I just wanted to stop them from stealing. So that's, you know, that's my, and that's been my defense, right? It it just doesn't hold water. It doesn't make sense. So this is like the classic case uh, on point about uh, installing a uh, deadly or dangerous apparatus in your home to prevent somebody breaking into your home, like an automated weapon of some kind. No, I think it's even worse than that because, you know, in theory, it's like, well, I'm defending my home. It's like putting an alarm system but because uh, now we're going back to law school, right? Because in some jurisdictions, like those shotgun, what are they called? Those shotgun traps or whatever, or those lethal traps at home can't, can be legal in some states. I don't know if it's still the case, but I remember at the time that was the, that was the case. So you're right. That's something similar, but, you know, it's, you know, take it back, whether it's lethal or not. The, the point is, is that Hacking and installing malware, which has its own definition, every state in the country has its has its laws against that. Both in the United States and the United Kingdom, there's federal laws prohibiting against it. And not only is it a crime, it's there's civil civil uh, uh, repercussions from it. This is definitely a potential class action. 
I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but it's definitely something there. And there's no ex- there's no defense to to there's no de- defense of that I that I'm aware of when it comes to hacking malware. That well, look, they did something to me, so I'm going to commit a commit a crime. Uh, you know, in, in exchange, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and they did change their. T- I mean, they've they changed the way they've worded it throughout. So we we mentioned they said they didn't take any reveal any information from anyone who's legitimately purchased the products. Then they later go on to say in a different statement that um, flight sims would never do anything no- to knowingly violate the trust that you know. C- customers have placed in them and then they go on later I, I was trying to find there's another part too where they say well there was one instance but we don't even know how that happened so they're all over the board here so i i mean it's hard to it's hard to know what to believe but you know when there's a bunch of when you're just trying to evade the topic it's there's usually a reason behind that okay so here's my question who's the pr expert on on this episode here what's what would what would have been the best response as soon as you found this out or as soon as this was blown up on reddit what would you say? Mark, why don't you start? Yeah, I mean, I'll just start back to what I said before. I think that the, I think the easy answer is, is the right answer, which is you very proactively and, uh, I don't know, at least humbly, shall we say, you sort of say, like, this is obviously a terrible thing. Let's, <laughs> we want to work to figure out what's happened here. We don't know what's happened. Let's figure it out. Rather than just categorically denying it and saying, hey, you guys are trying to defame us. That just comes across wrong. You proactively try to own up to it and figure out what, what's happened. I say in 2018, I mean, this is someone could just hand you a, a checklist of things to say. And that would like that, that exists because there's been so many instances of this. So I I mean, Mark, I don't know if you saw their their final resp- or their, their most recent response. It actually is is much more basically everything you just said. Not only did they not do it, they decided to take a 180 of everything and really push the other way. So they've really screwed this up. Wow. Funny. So I, I, did, I did not see that final response. No. I always think of it, you know, what if Flight Sim Labs called me and what would I tell them? Of course, you know, I'm not a PR expert, so I'm not going to pretend into that. But I think there is some difficulty here because if, if, for example, if Mark's right, where you have this rogue person or there's some negligent act, that's probably best case scenario because then it, you know, you know, absolves you from, you know, an intentional act. But in this case, you know, a crime, you know, even you know, a crime by the individual could still expose you to liability because if, the, if there's criminal negligence too. And then and then worst case scenario is that if there was some intentional act here, you also can't tell the public, like, like, like just in response to you, Mark, like what if it was an intentional act? Then they can't really say that, oh, we don't know what's going on here. Uh, that would be kind of tough to tell the public when later, later you find out that's not the case. Yeah, so actually an analogy comes to mind. Um, it's a little bit of a stretch, but bear with me. So the recent thing in the news about the kind of sabotage uh, over at Tesla about two weeks ago, I think it was, oh, yeah. right? There was this disgruntled yeah. employee and yeah, so he, he literally sabotaged, let's see, I guess their internal manufacturing computer, uh, which is uh, where the system designed for, which is used to build Model 3 Teslas. Um, so just going, uh, you know, as an analogy here, I mean, suppose that that sabotage actually was not so much just for the, you know, the robots that build the cars, but rather the onboard. So, you know, all the Teslas can be updated, modified with over-the-air updates, right? So suppose that he did some sort of yeah. sabotage that actually sent some really malicious update to all the Teslas where they just, I don't know, accelerate forever. Um, this would obviously kill a lot of people very, very quickly. Um, so this is obviously, obviously no one's going to die in simulation world, but you do have 
lost passwords, you got a huge brief, breach of privacy. So again, the thing is, well, let's look what Tesla did. Elon Musk came out very transparently and said, hey, this is what's happened. We're trying to work to resolve it. We don't know who it is yet. We're trying to figure it out. He kept the public informed. That's the way you do PR, not this. Yeah, like exactly like I was saying before, that it is a basically a Mad Lib, and you plug in your name, the company's name, uh, when it happened, and you know what you did wrong and how you're trying. Like that, it's all the same, and they, they still couldn't get it right. Actually, you guys are you guys are absolutely right. I mean, uh, and Matt, I think he's. I mean, you just just take Uber with with all of its executives that are being you know are quitting or resigning over harassment or you take uh i guess i mean like you said it's or you have data breaches or you have what was it experian or was it uh, equifax right and 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 how they have to deal with the pr so it's it's you're right it's it's whatever the issue is it's it's there's a pretty um consistent way to do about it right like i what was it papa john's uh, ceo just stepped down and admitted to using a racial slur on a conference call right that he did uh, at first i guess either did not admit or denied uh, at the time, and now months later is admitting to it and apologizing. And so th- these are mistakes that should not be repeated, but hey, you know, I'm just a lawyer, so what do I know about PR anyway? Oh, so basically he starts off by saying, look, he goes, we're upset that the moderator on Reddit decided to uh, make this public rather than discussing it in private, despite, you know, all of their, <laughs> all of, all of uh, Flight Sim Labs' uh, mistakes and, manipulation on reddit but it goes through the the person that writes it who's their uh how does he I forget how he signs it but something the effect of pr expert but basically talks about what defamation is gets that incorrect um and then says to be entirely open i do not take a wage from F- flight sim labs probably because i'm far too generous uh that's a direct quote of what he says he says i don't need fsl and then, like I said, goes through and tries to give examples of what defamation is and what it isn't. And that's basically the whole thing. It's just uh, kind of throwing people off the scent. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's, you know, uh, it's a half a half crafted thought at best, probably a quarter, uh, a quarter crafted thought. I'm not really sure how to describe it. We, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes, but it just doesn't really make sense. The I saw one Reddit user described it as this is uh the streisand effect i don't know if you're you two are familiar with what that is but i thought that was a pretty apt uh no. description so i i'm not getting all no i missed that reference what does that mean? the the streisand effect have you guys not heard of that i i'm not sure exactly i'm probably should get the facts correct on this but basically there was some issue with barbara streisand's house of some aerial photographer who was taking photos of it invading her privacy and no one i mean usually something like that would be picked up very quickly it just wasn't in the news and then she filed some sort of lawsuit over it and then it became very very much so in the news so it's, it's basically a way to describe a situation where you know something there's been a wrong and no one really knows about it and it could go away very easily but instead of doing that you do something that publicizes it and then it becomes a much greater issue when it didn't, didn't need yeah, that's, to be that's, that's so appropriate here I, I do like some of the other comments just really quick. So one of them is how to tank your company in three, two, one. <laughs> I thought that was clever. And then another one saying, oh, thank you, mods. I need this information for my lawyer because obviously, you know, they're being threatened with uh, legal action, et cetera. So well, anyway. Do we have any idea how many people are actually affected by this thing? Well, that's a good question because they say that I don't think we know because how would we know because unless they told, tell us because they say that only people that pirate get, you know, that actually steal the software, the the tools activated, 
on one hand. But on the other hand, uh, people are saying that whether you buy it legitimately or not, this this executable is within the software installer itself. So it seemed like anyone who bought it would be affected in the way that the malware is there, whether or not it was activated or not. Frankly, like how is someone supposed to know? The only person that really, the only company that really knows is the publisher. Yeah, so to me I'm missing something, but can you just connect the dots? So what was the game plan here? Like, so if it almost sounds like they're admitting that even if that were the case, this was done for the purpose of somehow harming or I don't know, maybe catching those who pirate the software. I mean, even if that were the case, what's the end game? I mean, if it's just to harm them, okay, well, that's not going to stop them from pirating software. Was it to try to catch them somehow? I mean, what's... Yeah, what they're saying is is that this will give them... Because being able to get access to their passwords... I think I'm filling in the dots, right? Uh, They don't... I don't think they say this exactly, but what they say is it's for purposes of gathering evidence, right? And, And I think that the idea is that, hey, look, if we can look into their passwords... It also includes username. We can identify who the who the owner of the computer is, and by that they can prove who's accessing the software. That's 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 what they're. But they want to be they want to be able to use that. Uh, you know, I, I had the same thought process, but they want to be able to use that information, it, right? I, I think there <laughs> I might be some evidence exclusions for that. I think it would depend on the jurisdiction, and you know, I think it's an eloquent uh, argument or a nuanced argument there. And actually, subreddit. Uh, I'm sorry, redditor comments actually make that same point like they think that they can use this evidence anyway but it might be illegal yeah that's what, that's what my thought was. like i didn't know if they were trying to use it as leverage or what i agree with mark i i don't know what exactly the the uh i, I personally think was, but is i don't think this is a big company and by the way this is just i don't know if this is true this is just my speculation and, and opinion right <laughs> i don't want to uh, get sued myself but my my opinion is that i think there's a good chance that this is a small software development team. They don't like their software being stolen, which is a legitimate thing. And and one way that they're going to prevent people from doing it is basically punishing them because if you have access, because why a password stealer? Because if you have access to someone's passwords, you know that you can do tremendous damage to in many, many ways. Now, I'm not saying that they actually did that or actually had the intention to do that or follow through. But look, I mean, it, that's a powerful tool that I don't care if you're a police officer or what. That's a that's a lot of power to give without in an illegitimate way. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's perplexing, to say the least. But you, know, you know, the other thing that's bizarre here I just thought of is that, again, we're talking about a super high-end flight simulator model. Uh, as an aside, I was just looking at the price, for example, of the other A320 model I mentioned earlier that, that I've used with X-Plane. You know, that also sells for up around, uh, I think it was $89. Um, I mean, it, it's not exactly the kind of thing that I would imagine to write for privacy. Again, you, you let me put it this way. You don't just sort of download this thing, run it on your computer, and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to have some fun today. It's not a fun thing to do. It's a very, very in-depth, hardcore learning thing. I mean, you got to read a ton of stuff on how to make this all work. Um, so put it a different way. I mean, if you're somebody who's installing this thing, you're one of two sorts of people, really. You're either a pilot or a pilot in training, or you're some really weird person like me who just has a fascination in learning about it. Either way, you're not someone who's going to pirate this thing. It just doesn't add up. It, so I guess what I'm trying to say is the very notion that they're trying to do a thing to kind of, well, hurt somebody for stealing their stuff, I just I have a really hard time believing that most of their customers tend to be the sort that would pirate it in the first mm-hmm. place. That makes Yeah. 
It's a good no. I I, I think that's a good point. I I hear. You. I think that's a good segment of the community, and I I bet you ninety nine percent. But I don't know. People steal, especially if they make if it's easy to do, especially if it's software, especially if it's anonymous. You know, I don't know. Especially especially pilots, especially any pilots are the worst. You know that <laughs> they have a reputation yeah. of stealing software. Yeah, I. I, I've had my, I've had my wallet stolen on on twenty four flights. I actually, so I actually had a pilot, pilot steal my music out of my iPod when iPods were popular while I was on a plane. Horrible. Never fly that airline again. I'm not going to mention who. I'm just joking. <laughs> I happen to have a love affair with pilots. I think they are amazing human beings. <laughs> but like I said, okay. uh, I am fanatical about aviation and flight. <laughs> well, very good. So of course, Mark has a podcast, and we have to plug it because it's awesome. Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, and of course, you know you can find it, um, you know through iTunes and just googling it. It will it will come up, you know, first results. So um, definitely listen to him if you enjoyed his commentary, and if you don't, listen to it anyway. And of course, continue to listen to us as well, and subscribe to our channel and like it. Right, Matt? As always, yeah. Okay, but thank you for joining us, Mark. That was a good, fun perspective. It's been great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Yep. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.